Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, man? I am doing pretty good, Joel. That's good to hear. That's very good to hear. Still, like, living the E3 hangover? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm still catching up. I think Today I had a rough day at work. I felt like shit all day. Like, I had, like, a good amount of sleep. I, I went to a party last night, but I was home by 11, and I had one drink. Yeah, but we, were, we were playing Overwatch until about 2 or so in the morning, don't forget. Yes, but that's true. <laughs> but even still, like, like I, I went to sleep at... Th- I was I was asleep by 3, and I woke up at, like, a quarter past 11. Yep. So like, I had a decent amount of sleep. That is. That is what I would say is a good amount of sleep. Not Like, that- a normal amount of sleep. It's just a different time of day, yeah. Um, but I just felt like garbage at work today. But, oh, well, I'm a little croaky creaky voice tonight so you'll have to bear with me everyone <laughs> forgive me uh cool but yes uh, that the, the post e3 we're in sort of that little bit of a slump in terms of uh news and 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 hype surrounding new games and things but there's been some good stuff coming out this week which we'll get to there's shortly been some tasty little morsels that have mm, sn- yes. snuck out but Let's kick off like a, we always do with our normal episodes with what we've been playing. So oh, yeah, we didn't do that last week, did we? We didn't. We've had a couple of weeks of it. So which is very evident in my what, <laughs> what I've been playing. Um, cool. So who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. Cool. So uh, first off, I, I think I mentioned it in the E3 episode that I finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I've got my platinum trophy in it. Uh, it was really good. It's very good. It's not. It's not a, a super easy platinum. Like it's just you know, it, it's a fun platinum. I, I would say probably it seems like it. an open world platinum, really. Yeah, exactly. It's very similar to Watch Dogs Two's one. So, um, yeah, it's it's it, it's a great game. I really liked it. Um, the sort of there's a post credit scene that sort of opens it up for very very much sequel bait, um, which I don't blame them because they're sort of onto a winner with that. And uh, when we inevitably see Horizon Zero Dawn 2... I think you mean Horizon the... 2 Dawns. <laughs> Horizon 2 Dawns. Oh, God. I, I, I must admit, I came around to the name by the end of the game because it did have some sort of context. Yeah. It's in, uh, like just looking game, at those... But... Even if I get the context, like just looking at that name, I'm just like, ah. Mm. <laughs> I would have dropped... If I, if I was to drop anything from either like the title, I would have dropped the Horizon part. Yeah, like I think Zero Dawn isn't a terrible name. Zero Dawn would have... It would have been would have been a much better name, especially you would have heard it and gone, that's dumb, but then you would have played the game and gone, okay, I understand. Plus, I feel like I'm seeing um, Horizons pop up a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. It's, was Forza, it's Forza like 3... Forza Horizon 3... There's yeah. this. The DLC that comes with Elite Dangerous is Horizons. Oh, and I God. feel like there's been others Jeez. as well. Just, it's been a yeah, word I see a lot. Well. <laughs> it's like, it's it's just one of those, like, fluff words that sounds good, at, like, when you put it in a title. At least it's not as bad as Origins or Revelations or any of that crap. Mm, I will pay it that much. Fucking, fucking Origins. I'm over Origins. I'm over all of those. Oh god, yeah, but um, yeah, it was really good. Not much else to say there. I've I've spoken about Horizon before, and I really enjoyed it. I think it's a very solid game, very pretty game. Um, and Guerrilla Games have done such a great job, um, with uh, like you know launching a new IP and uh, actually making something interesting and different enough. I tell you what, Joel, um, I have an update on my mm-hmm. Horizon time. 
Oh, I've I've also been logging yeah. some more some more hours into it, and I've started to pick up bows that have at least got more than two types of arrows. Right. So okay. So I'm beginning to enjoy it again until I fight birds, and then I get really mad. I thought the same thing too, but you'll get to another you'll get to another point where you'll just be like, "All right, they're not much of a problem anymore." Um, my tip with them is when they swoop down to you, rope caster them and fuck them yeah, time. That's what the I have been doing. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the best way. At first, it's the best way to attack them. Um, have you just fought the the glint hawks so far? I fought a bunch of glint hawks, and I haven't. I have attempted to battle the other ones. A stormbird. They, they yeah. suck way too much, so I just avoid them yeah. completely. The stormbirds, or as I like to call them, thunder jaws of the sky. Um, assholes is what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They are seriously. Though, towards the end of the game, like I was like like wandering into areas with thunder jaws and just being like, no, nah, fuck off mate. Like, and just ruining them. Um, yeah, you, you get, you get a few arrow, like other arrows and, and bows and things that are like, all right, I, I can, I know how to capture these, uh, these enemies a little bit easier now. Um, but yeah, so I finished that. It's good. Um, I also played a game called a normal lost phone. Uh, it's a, a mobile game. I think it's out on the Google Play Store and iOS. Um, I'd heard about it. I think Greg Miller had talked about it a couple of times. Um, and basically, the, the way it works, it's kind of like the uh, Mr. Robot game, where it's like the, it's like a phone interface. Um, it's very like stylized, like artwork through the whole thing. But um, basically, yeah, you're, you've it's like you found this person's phone, so you go through and read their messages, and from there you sort of get the backstory on uh, this person's life. Um, I'm not going to say any more about the game, apart from the fact that I actually really enjoyed it. thought it was really interesting. I was speaking to our friend Ben about it, who played it. He did not like it. Um, he felt that the subject matter was a little bit too ham-fisted. Um, and I can see where he's coming from. But I also think there's some really cool... It, 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 it's interesting as an education tool, almost, in some ways. Um sort of giving people an insight into something they might not know a whole lot about. So it's it's very interesting. I think it, it'll run you like three bucks on the App Store. Uh, it goes for about two hours. There's no replayability to it, but I mean, like, it's still an interesting experience, uh, and I think it's worthwhile checking out at least. If you like those sort of weird sort of narrative-based, um, I don't know what you'd call Hey, what you call them? Text adventure, almost. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It sounds like that horror game I played on on the phone mm, last year. Yes, sometime. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that one. Yeah, but it's it's very similar. So, like, the, the um, phone is the interface of your phone, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're cool. So, like, it's a cool idea. Yeah, and they're popping up quite a lot more. And I, I, every time I play one, it's always like vastly different from the last one that I've played. Which is which good. Is, which is cool. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like, th- th- this and the Mr. Robot one are completely different, completely different uh, avenues. So, um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Um, like I said, don't want to say much more about it because um, I think you should experience it if it's something that you're vaguely interested in. I think you should probably go check it out. Um, I also I had a week of finishing games. I finished, I finished three games this week, so um, that was one of them. I mean, it took me a couple of hours to do. Um, I also finished uh, Shantae, Half Genie Hero for the Switch, uh, which is a game that I've been wanting to buy on the PlayStation for a while. And then I found out it was coming out for the Switch, and it came out two weeks ago uh, for like a reasonable price. I think, it's like, I think you said it was like 22 bucks or something. Yeah, I think it was like 22 mm, Yeah, Around that price. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I think I spoke about the the last one in the series when I played it last year. I got it in like a humble bundle, like a Nintendo humble bundle, and played it on my 3DS, and I loved it. I thought it was great. It has a really great like sprite pixel art. Um, the gameplay mechanics were fun. I enjoyed backtracking. It's a, it's a the series is basically a Metroidvania esque style game, uh, which has you like backtracking through areas to find more collectibles and more power ups, so you can tackle other parts of areas and other levels. Um, this one's more of the same, but I don't know. I didn't, I still really enjoyed it, but I didn't feel as excited about it as I did, um, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, which is the last one I played. Uh, there's a couple of changes to this one. Um, the, the biggest one is the art style is all sort of like hand-drawn HD, um, artwork now. And it looks gorgeous. The game looks stunning. Um, the soundtrack's really great. I really like the music. Um, and again, the gameplay is fun. Uh, it has you, like, this time you can, like, transform into different animals to help you traverse the, the map and get through different areas. I think that's where it sort of lost me a little bit. Well, because, um, I mean, again, I, I've also been playing this as well, actually. Right. And yeah. I kind of didn't like it wasn't hard to transform into animals but it didn't feel good no no it's a bit clunky like pressing y and then a d-pad direction to change into the animal i don't know like it just didn't it didn't gel with me very yeah. much very well and i just i don't know that's i think i think that's that that's one of the things that sort of made me is it makes me feel a little off about it um again don't get me wrong i still think the game's great i think it's really entertaining i think way forward has done really well with this and yeah the art style is is gorgeous and it runs so like butter smooth it's I, I played it all in handheld mode um and i never saw any drop frames or anything like that um it was always just really fast paced and really good a really good pace to it um but yeah i i don't know the the, the same characters are all there um which is good because i i like the characters i like the dialogue was fun but yeah, there's just something about it that didn't grab me as much as the first one. I think it's just more of the same, which is good, but it didn't really innovate all that much. And when it did innovate, it didn't. That wasn't something that I wanted to be innovative, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's definitely worth a look if you if you've sort of seen anything from like the Shante series. Um, it's basically you're sort of like this half genie that looks after a town and gets herself into all sorts of adventures. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good. I, I think it took me about nine hours to finish, which is not too bad for 23 bucks. Like that's about how much you'd spend at the movies these days on a two hour movie. So, I mean, I, 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 I think it's a justified purchase, but yeah, it's, it didn't, yeah, like I said, didn't grab me as much as the, the, not the first one, but the second one in the series, which is the first one I played. Um, there is another one called uh, Shantae Risky's Revenge, which I have not played. It is out in PS4. I actually weren't thinking about picking it up maybe and having a look at it, but I don't know. There is another one, Joel, don't forget. Oh, was that? Yeah. Oh, Joel. Which one was that? So the, the, the most heartwarming part about the Shantae tale is that its, fir- its very first game came out in 2002 for the Game Boy Color. Right. Just uh, published by Capcom, I believe. And I think that's sort of how like it's people are so enamored with the series now like just to see it's it's journey forward to what has become like it's yeah like 
I will agree with you with what I played. It looks gorgeous on the Switch. WayForward mm. just have that art style down. Yeah, they do. They're, they're nailing that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, yeah, it's 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 a good franchise. Like it's fun. It's it's yeah. But I don't know. It just didn't grab me as much as time. Which I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm just I, I was expecting to get into it and go, yeah, more Shante. And I was like, oh yeah, more Shante. Cool. Um, but yeah. Definitely, definitely a fun time. I, I feel bad because I do see it referred to as a Metroidvania, and I don't think it does that part very well. No, but I'm, I'm no, picky, especially with that, in this though. one. Oh, absolutely. Um, you have very good reason to be. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it doesn't do it amazingly. I think it's just the the, the best way to describe the game. I don't think it, it does that sort of genre justice. But it is the best way to describe the game. It involves yeah. you backtracking through areas to find collectibles and all that sort of stuff, and and um, and power ups and things like that, um, or heart holders as they call them in this, which is I thought was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I also the last thing I played this week is uh, Wolfenstein: The New Order. So I went back and picked up a copy of Wolfenstein The New Order for a whole $15. Whoa, Joel. You be careful there. Yeah, Don't I you know. break the bank. I know, right? Look, you know, our budget's going to be blown way out with me spending money on that. Between that and another game that I play, I'll talk about next week, which is The Evil Within. I paid $23 for that this week. Whew. Just, you were out of control. You know, I'm going to have to cut you yeah, off. My, my wallet's just out of its mind at the moment trying to stop me from spending money but um i i, I so i played a bit of uh, the new order uh back on ps3 i borrowed your housemate's copy of it because he said it was really good and he'd finished it and so i borrowed it off him and i played about as about half of the game um and then i think something else came out and i sort of it fell by the wayside um i actually think i might have got my ps4 I want to say. Mm, I don't know, man. I can't remember that far back, honestly. Yeah. That was, it. That I, was I the day of Destiny 1, so. Yeah, that was, I feel like I might have got my PS4. Maybe, I don't know. I, I got something else and I played that instead. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and so I, after seeing, obviously, at E3, the trailer for the new Colossus, which looks fucking great. Um, and from what I heard of people who played it, it sounds fucking great. So uh, I decided to go back and... Uh, plow through the old one and oh boy it is a good game it is a very 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 good game um storyline wise it it tells a really interesting story with interesting characters that i actually gave a shit about um not like persona levels of gave a shit about because i didn't have like you know a hundred hours of investment with them but uh it, it I, I actually cared about like you know this like bj blaskowitz has always just been like in my mind, that little tiny icon down the bottom of the screen from like original Wolfenstein 3D, like, and so that that's my original association with BJ Blazkowicz. Um, but they sort of filled him in with like depth and, um, yeah, real, real sort of meaningful storyline. It's fair to say the cutscenes um, in that game are good. Oh yeah, the cutscenes in that game are really good. Um, like and and like. Some of the this is going to sound really creepy, but some of the best video game sex scenes, um, they're actually not awful. They actually look like a like 
they look like a filmed sex scene, which filmed sex scenes can always be pretty rough to watch as well anyway. Take notes, um, Quantic Dream and Bioware. <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. And they didn't overuse them. Like, it's every now and then. It's like, all right, all right, cool. Yep, they're fucking, all right. Um, but it was, and it wasn't like gratuitous either. It was just like, like Tasteful. It, it's BJ Blazkowicz. It was, it was BJ Blazkowicz and this, this woman that he was in love yeah, with. What, and it's like, I haven't finished it but from what I hear. Like the, the romantic connection there is actually surprisingly well built. Yep. Absolutely. This is yeah, a game it's, it's, about it, shooting Nazis, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And like, when you think about the origins of the Wolfenstein series, it's like, really? How do we okay, get okay? here? <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, honestly, it's really, really good. Um, it's really like the gameplay is so much fun as well. Um, I mean, you can dual wield in it, so that's always good. Uh, the thing I like about dual wielding is um, when you get alternate uh, like secondary fire uh, modes for pretty much all of the weapons. Um, but say like the assault rifle later on in the game, like very late in the game, you get a rocket launcher upgrade for it. But you can set, when you're dual wielding, you can set one to a rocket launcher and one to an assault rifle normally. So you can sort of, like, alternate between, like, firing at people, like, just, like, you know, suppressing fire and then firing a rocket at, at like, at some heavy attack, um, heavy enemies. So I thought, like, that that sort of, like, mixing up that sort of gameplay was um was a lot of fun. I spoke about this, I think, in, a, in the E3 episode when we were talking about Wolfenstein, about the way that... Um, uh, your character progresses, like you get more skills. Uh, it's basically just by playing the game. So you have like four different skill trees. There's like a stealth one, a tactical one, a combat one, and an explosives one, I think, are the four that they have. Um, and basically they have like little challenges in them, uh, which it might be like get three stealth takedowns. And so you do that and it unlocks that skill and you get a perk for that. And then it'll unlock the next one, which might be like that, that perk that you get might be like knife throw takedowns, like stealth takedowns. And then it'll be like, get five stealth, a knife throw stealth takedown. So yeah, all right, cool. You do that. And that's how you sort of like build out your character. And so it sort of like sculpts, builds to the way that you play. Unless you're someone like me that sort of like gets a little bit like, like obsessive about trying to finish all of them. Um, which by the end of the game, I had them all finished except for, I think, three challenges. Um, one of which was get, like, five kills within ten seconds with a a, um, a detached mounted, like, a detached uh, turret gun, which was very, very, like, like context-sensitive. Yeah, it had to be in a certain parts at certain times to do it. That's rough. Um, I'm not crazy about stuff like that. Yeah, look, that that was one of the only ones that I had an issue with. The other one was like, get... Oh, no, I did that one. Uh, I can't remember the other ones there <laughs> Don't were. get your story straight, that, man. There was one that was like, get five stealth takedowns with overcharged health, because you can overcharge your health. So you can pick up health packs, very like classic, Do- uh, classic Doom and Wolfenstein, um, to replenish your health. But if you've already got your, like, you've capped, like, hit your cap of health, you can still pick up med kits but it'll overcharge your health and it'll slowly tick down back to your like your maximum so you can like just say your maximum is 150 hp you can overcharge it by picking up a 40 pack to build it out to 190 but that'll slowly tick back down to 150 over time um so i had to get like five stealth takedowns with overcharged health so um but i did that so it's fine uh yeah uh all the levels are very varied and different um, 
I got to pilot a mech in one, so that was fun. Um, there's yeah, it's it's just a really interesting game, and the soundtrack and the music, the way it's because it's it's basically set predominantly in the '60s, so it has this sort of like real '60s heist vibe to it as well at certain points, especially in the cutscenes, which I really loved. Um, but it's just uh, it's such a fun game and such an interesting game, and I'm really interested to see. Without spoiling anything, the end of one is pretty definitive. Like, it's a pretty cut and clear ending. So I'm interested to see what happens going forward into Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Um, Because, yeah, because of things. But I won't get into that (laughs) just here. Well, I assume it's related to a suit that he has in the trailers. Um... Yes. Yeah. I know that much of it. I, I haven't finished the first one, but I know that much. But the suit is of some significance. I didn't get to wear that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can wear but, it in the first one. But you saw it. I've phone. seen it. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. I know it exists. I know the suit. I'm like, all right, cool. It's more so the way that the, the way the game ends, like the, like the final part of the game is perfect. It's very, very good. It's not like drawn out. It's literally like final boss fight end, and it's and, and it's but it's satisfying. It's still very satisfying. You're gonna say because sometimes um, like if the game ends abruptly at the end, I'm not usually crazy about it. But if it's done well, it's fine. And usually, if it's gonna end like abruptly, it's usually setting something up for a sequel. Yeah. Whereas this doesn't. This if they were ne- to never make another Wolfenstein game in this canon it would make sense as a standalone story. Um, but I am very interested to see where they're going to go. And I'm interested to see like the effects of Nazi occupied America, which will be interesting. Well, if, if anyone's out there has read or watched the man in the high castle, they might get a, a taste for it. Oh, okay. Right. I've heard that's very good. I need to, I need to, it's a good book and the series is not bad either. I need to, yeah, I need to either watch or read that. It's a pretty small um, book. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not huge. Maybe we'll give it a go. Maybe we'll give it a go. Awesome. Well, that's me for this week. I had a very productive week in terms of... Some would say productive, some would say very unproductive. But, um, yeah, that was my week. Kyron, what have you been playing? Uh, First of all, I will start off with a couple of things I've been watching, Joel, because they're very exciting. Fantastic. Uh, Attack on Titan Season 2 has finished now. Ah, yes. Uh, The last episode was incredible. Right. Uh, blew me away. Again, I'd read the manga, so I knew exactly what was going to happen, but still seeing it play out was incredible, and I was so happy with it. And season three is coming next year, apparently, so, you know... That's very exciting. Yeah, they they seem to have, like, shrunk those times down, which is good. And I need to to resub to Anime Lab so I can watch it all. You absolutely do. Yeah. Well, I also also want to watch the One Punch Man dub as well. That is also on Anime Lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also yes. been watching Dragon Ball Super. Nice. Just recently bought back Best Villain Freezer. I, I you showed me that they like the 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 lead up to that, and I was very that's very interesting. It's, he's he's been he's brought a very interesting sort of dynamic to the series, which I at first I was like I love Freezer, but you know, he he had an arc already. But no, fuck it, I'm ready. He's great. It's it's hilarious <laughs> watching him having to interact with Vegeta because Vegeta gets furious about it, and it's just a fun time. <laughs> I, yep, 
Yep, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Vegeta, Freezer did blow up Planet Vegeta, killed most of the Saiyans, and also killed Vegeta on Namek. Yep. So, you know, he's got reason. I, I don't blame him. So that, that makes yep, the no. interactions hilarious. Totally fair. Uh, but apart from that, I have also been playing video games. Not as much as you, Joel, unfortunately. No, but yeah. I've been slack. We can't all have... You, we can't all be as, like, super productive as me. <laughs> uh, I have only been playing Cosmic Star Heroin lately. Ah, yes. Which is from the team Zaboid Games, who you may mm-hmm. have heard of for making... Cthulhu Saves the World, or Penny Arcade Adventures, like, episodes three and four. Not one and two, just three and four. I played I played a lot of... I played one to completion, and I played a little bit of three. So it was the one um, I played out of those two, and uh, it was fun. Yeah. Quirky humor. Mm. Dug it. Yeah. Yeah, very Penny Arcade. Yes. Uh, mm. So, Cosmic Star Heroine is a sci-fi turn-based RPG... I guess the best way to describe a combat is sort of like a weird mashup of Chrono Trigger... Fantasy Star and Sewer Coden. Uh, mostly right. Chrono Trigger will be what stands out to people who play it, I guess. Like, it's especially with, with the pixel art and all that. And I would say out of those three, Chrono Trigger's a better known. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, we didn't have it in our news this week. That was one thing I was going to put in there, but we could talk about it briefly about the whole, like, Sega Forever. Fantasy Star is one of the games you can download for free on your phone at the moment. Yeah, it's. Uh, with no in app purchases or anything. I saw, that's a really mm. interesting thing that's happened. You yeah. keep doing your Sega, you crazy bastards. Yep, yep. And they've even said they're like, oh, maybe one day we could bring it to the Switch. It's like, sure. I'm interested. To okay. see, I'm interested to see how that would affect the virtual console. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Be interesting. But anyway. Ah, uh, but yeah. So, uh, what was I? Blah, 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 blah. Chrono Trigger. So the combat sort of plays out similar to Chrono Trigger, where your team is. Like, the enemies are on the map. You walk into them, initiate combat. Uh, the, the sort of, it's not really, again, it's not different, but it's sort of what makes this game feel a bit more unique is how it handles all your actions. So okay. characters have, like, eight equip slots for their skills. And they all have, like, their own sort of properties and all that. But sort of, so there's, like, you know, elemental damage and status ailments and stuff like that. But once you use an attack... That attack is then crossed out, and you can't use it again until you use, like, a rest feature. Okay. So it sort of makes you be a bit more careful, typically, with some of your special moves. Or right. So basically, you'll, you you can either go through every single one of your things and then rest to bring them all back, or you could use one and rest, and then one and rest, etc. Uh, which, is, again, sort of cool. makes some of the boss fights a bit interesting. I haven't had much of an issue with them so far. They've all been pretty cut and dry, like, no problems, easy going. Yep. Uh, the other thing that sort of does, which is interesting, is it has like a desperation mode, where if you get, if you reach zero HP, instead of getting KO'd, you will temporarily be knocked into like desperation mode, where your HP will go into negatives. Okay. And if you can finish the battle before that, the, the few turns run out, then you'll be fine. You'll survive. You'll still get XP. And I, I'm pretty sure you do more damage in Desperation Mode, but again, I haven't really entered it that much to find out. But it's just a really cool mechanic where instead of like getting knocked to zero, you've got to panic and go, oh God, I've got to heal. You have a chance to sort right. of like bring it back. You can even still heal them as well to bring them back into positives if you wish. But yeah, so that's something I've, I've found interesting about the combat for sure. It kind of reminds me a little bit D&D-esque of having, like, especially 5th edition, like uh, having... Um being knocked unconscious so you've got to do like death saving throws and things like that as well yeah. so 
you know, you get three chances to do your death saving throw, and if you fail those, then you're dead. Um, which happened to a character in our our campaign last week, um, which was interesting. But yeah, <laughs> that reminds me very similar similar like way mixed with maybe like the um, what do they call it in Borderlands when you oh second wind. Second wind, kind of like that yeah. as well. Like, it just sort of helps. It keeps the combat sort of going, I guess. Like, you don't have to panic so much, which is nice. And considering it's definitely like a smaller scale RPG, but it's not built to be like a 50 hour experience, it sort of feels right. nice. Uh, That's, yeah, it's cool. And various little things that sort of make it feel, a, again, it's not super unique as a, on a whole, but very, very little things here and there. The, your characters build a thing called style for their battle and they've got specific moves they can use and that will consume their style points. They can enter like a, an overpowered state where they do more damage and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so if you, if you're into Chrono Trigger's combat, I recommend you definitely check this out. It's, it's definitely interesting me. Yeah. It's, it's sprite based art, of course. So it definitely even feel like so much so that, uh, you play Chrono, Chrono Trigger, haven't you? Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. So you know how it's basically we've got two modes. You've got like the large sprites when you're in the actual zones. Yeah. And then you've yeah. also got the smaller sprites in the overworld. Yep. It even has that like that's it's cool. straight there. And you're like, oh, it makes me long for a, another Chrono Trigger game that we'll probably never get. Well, this is the thing. Does this seem like it, you said that it's not doing a lot of things, a whole lot of things new apart from those new mechanics and things you've said. Does this seem very much like a like a love letter kind of situation where it's definitely paying homage to those those games of of old, I guess? I mean, sort of. I, I'm not far enough into the story to really give a good reading there, but it's again, it's got okay. a cool sort of sci-fi setting and um, I just got like a, a spaceship so I can actually go from planet to planet now. Awesome. Uh, it's got a mechanic where... So basically your team consists of four party members and you, I think there's a grand total of... Oh, I've got eight so far I can toggle between, I'm pretty sure. And mm-hmm. then there's a, a fifth slot on your menu that once you reach a certain point, you can actually pick one of your crew members from your ship and they'll, they'll buff different parts about you. Like there's one guy who will boost your damage output and have one who will let you do more damage against robots, etc., etc., which sort of adds a bit oh, more cool. flexibility to your team build as well. Yep. Which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's got a really good soundtrack. I forget the name of the guy who did it, but uh, the soundtrack is on Spotify, and uh, I very much dig it. Cool. Uh, but yeah, like I, I've been looking at it. It came out back in like April, and unfortunately that was when I was still knee-deep in Persona, so I just didn't yeah. have time for it. But it's, uh, I, it's definitely a game I feel like, from what I've seen of the trailers anyway, would be right at home on the Switch. Yeah, I would love it on Switch, man. Yeah, gonna... I feel like if, if that game was on the Switch, I'd, I would instantly buy that game. That would be a game I would have bought. It's got a sweet already. kick-ass female protagonist. I mean, you know, cosmic star heroine sort of gives that away, I guess. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the title, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, awesome. it's got lots of, like, yeah, the dialogue's pretty fun. And the the opening segment does feel like a huge love, love letter to Chrono Trigger. But I think it's got enough okay. of its own unique personality there that sort of, like, keeps it interesting if you will like yeah in the opening four hours i went from fighting in a warehouse to being in a mech fighting a kaiju to going into a submarine to take over a spaceship so you know okay i've done a lot of stuff in my five hours i put into that game so far 
Yep, no, definitely. That sounds uh, like you, you pretty much sold the game to me just then. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I've seen the trailers and it like it looks very colourful and fun and bright. But yeah, I'm, I'd be interested in playing it. But I just wish it was on something like the Switch. I, Joel, we've spoken about this before. I want I know. every game on Switch, especially indie games like this. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, like these some games that we've suggested in the past, like you know Overwatch or even I guess Persona Five. Like, might not doable. work. Like, you know, not, not yeah, but like, Cosmic Star Heroin seems like it would be a, a, a perfect fit for that. Yeah, fingers crossed, you know, like, this game only came out in April, so it's not exactly an old game. It actually started yeah. as a Kickstarter, so, I mean, there's, there's still ah, time. okay. So maybe, uh, maybe if it's done well, they might decide to port it across, you know? Yeah, I hope so, fingers crossed. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But... Honestly, apart from that, I, again, I, I offered some input on your Horizon because I played a bit of that. Yeah, uh, yep. Shantae, I dabbled in a bit, but it's not really grabbing me, unfortunately. Yep. No, no, fair enough. But yeah, apart from uh, that, just not a whole lot, unfortunately. <laughs> no, well, well, I, I know for a fact that next week we've got a game that we're both playing at the moment. I think you're oh. much further ahead than I am, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week. Um, I mean, if it's what I think it I'm is, I'm playing a horror game. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, further along, but because it was, it's been so long since I played it, I restarted my save because ah, uh, okay. I went to load and it was like, yes, you were in chapter ten, and I just uh, uh, I don't know where that was, so figured That's scrap the it. Worst feeling. <laughs> That's the worst feeling when you're like, I really should go back to that game, and you go back to it and like, I have no idea what yeah. I'm doing now. What is happening? Where am I? And from 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 the two chapters I've played, I can only imagine like what you would have to try and piece together in that yeah, game. Yeah, the game is insane. Yep. Mm, yep. But we'll touch on that next week. We'll have, I'll have more of an impression and hopefully not shit my pants too much. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't think it's that scary, but... No, no. I think it's, it's, it's more atmospheric. It's, it's more what I like about horror. So uh, that's yeah. why I'm excited to play it. Yay. Anyway... Should we jump into some news? Sure. Well, the news that we have, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a couple of little little tidbits, because we've actually got uh, quite a few juicy questions this week. Just uh, stacked up. Which balances out nicely. There. It does, yeah. We've got a nice balanced episode this week, which is good. Um, cool. So, first of all, I finally watched this tonight, Karen, just before we started recording. Uh Beyond Good and Evil 2 was obviously announced again for the fourth time or whatever at E3 this year um, with a very, very uh, slick-looking CG trailer, which is great. I love it. I still love it. I watch it every now and then because it's just a great trailer. Um, but there was a uh, like prototype gameplay video that was shown behind closed doors at E3. Um and it's now online. Ubisoft have put it out. They certainly so, have, Joel. Mm, and it's oh boy, oh yeah, oh boy. So we don't, we still don't quite know exactly what Beyond Good and Evil Two is. But yeah, the prototype video gets me excited. Very much so. Like I want to be a space monkey and fly around in a spaceship, fucking with a sweet jetpack. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm down. 
and with like the living solar system as well. And it sounds sort of like it's going to go, not really go for the No Man's Sky scope of things, but that idea of being able to freely explore like now a system, I guess. is Yeah, yeah. And now it's interesting you say that because the video, I don't know whether it was intentionally or not, feels like it's like not having a stab, but just sort of, I don't know, referencing No Man's Sky a little bit. I don't know if it's exclusively No Man's Sky. I mean, I haven't played... I think, yeah, it's true. I haven't played Elite Dangerous yet, so I don't know if it's any better. But yeah, they do specifically go about bringing up a point that they don't want the planets to sort of feel bare and empty. Yep. They want it to be like a lived-in universe, yeah. which is which is good. That's what you want when it you're is. exploring these kind of things. Yeah, uh, You want it to be sort of exciting to explore these new areas. Yeah, I, I think where Ubisoft have the advantage here is that this game is focused on a single system, like Elite Dangerous and No Man's Sky. Yeah. Oh, so many planets. Christ, make it stop. So they, oh, yeah. they can't all be interesting, unfortunately. That's just a thing about that. But... I do prefer, like, the idea of a focused version of that sounds incredible to me. Absolutely. And and to, to have, like, a team like uh, Michel Ansel and his team, they're so passionate about oh, this project so as well. Um, that's, that's the other thing that's exciting about this. And you can see, like, you know, anytime you see him talking about his game, he's just like, this is my game I, I get to make. I I'm get so to excited make to Beyond with Good you. and Evil 2 finally. <laughs> Yeah, and I get to share this with you today, and I get to show you all this stuff. And he's just like, "Look what you can do here!" And then, "Oh, this you can do this over here. It's really cool." And it's, like just yeah. flying around in the ship, and yeah, I it's it's exciting. I hope I hope they can deliver on this whole thing. And uh, I was I was a bit not really worried because this is a super prototype gameplay, so you know it's probably not even that representative of the end game. But no. he does mention the ability to take photos, so. He we does. are still and, living and, a beyond good and evil dream. And he, it, he talks about taking photos in terms of, like, story missions as well. Like, he's saying something about delivering a pizza to, like, a, a ship that's out, like, a, you know, si- sitting in the sky. And you deliver the pizza there, but when you go there, you see that there's some sort of slavery going on. So you can take a photo of that and maybe send it to the authorities in the city and they can take action on that sort of thing. Have you played the first so, Beyond Good and Evil, Joel? I played a little bit of it, not okay. a whole lot, right. but I know that it was a very, like, like the, the photography thing was, because she's, like, Jade was a journalist, wasn't she? Yes, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so. It was a big part of that game. She's like, yeah, yeah. So I, I played enough of it to know that, that there was, a, like, a, the photography element was a very big part of it, which is cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good to say it's coming back. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it, you, there's not much game in this video, but what they're talking about and just how passionate Ansel is just gets me excited for what this game will eventually become probably in about two or so years when it finally comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he talks about like creating a character and stuff as well, like having your own character. So it's, I don't know. Is it going to be like a main storyline? Is this going to be sort of like Ubisoft's Mass Effect? Yeah. Or even, or even, Ubisoft's weird spin on like a destiny, like, cause they're sort of talking about like, you know, it being like a, uh, like a, what is it called? Like open online environment as well. So there's like people there as well. I don't know. It's like, so weird. I'm curious as hell about it. It's yeah. It's, it's, it, I, we still don't know much about 
we know a lot and also not a lot about this game. So it's very early days, but it's exciting. Yeah, whatever I, it is, I do recommend tracking down that video and checking it out. It's very mm, interesting. Yeah, it's like twenty minutes long, and it's got like a it's like half gameplay, and then the the last half is like people at desks. But it's probably the best people at desks video that I've seen. Um, just because it was like it was like everyone was so excited, and you know, there's like the the composer of the music is there playing like a weird like guitar thing. <laughs> it's, it's great. I loved it. Yeah, I also recommend. Uh, I, I didn't actually sit this sit down and watch this one myself, but Capcom also did a live stream of the behind closed doors stuff they did for Monster Hunter World. Oh, really? Which is about okay. Twenty five ish minutes long. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, if you're if you're after some of those closed like behind closed doors E three videos, it's good to see they're popping up on the internet from like the official yeah, source, yeah. which is neat. Exactly. Like not leaks, like by like shitty cam footage or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that's cool that, that people are going, all right, we want to get it to the press first and then like give it a couple of weeks and then put it out online. Yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a good move. It's a good move. I think it was important um, for these two games in particular, like to show people that there is a game forming in Beyond Good and Evil 2 and important to show people that Monster Hunter World is a Monster Hunter game. Right, yeah. I think that's, yeah. It, it, it's like a, it, it, it's a, a legitimate Monster Hunter game. So Yes, that's good to, to reaffirm that to the people that are like, well, why aren't we getting double cross? Yeah, and I mean, I still want double cross, but yeah, because I want it on my Switch. I want to play it on the go. But from what exactly. I from what I have seen of this, of this gameplay, it does look like a bona fide Monster Hunter game. Awesome, awesome. I'm gonna have to watch that after we finish recording. Yeah, it's about 25 minutes long. Uh, I haven't found anything besides the Japanese stream, but honestly, I was only really watching the footage anyway. Like, didn't really matter right. what they were saying over top of it. What they were because saying. it looks yep. cool. Like, they showed one of the scenes where one monster swallows another monster whole and just walks off with it. I'm like, that's rad. I like that. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you can sort of follow uh, it to its nest where it spits the monster up. And uh, it's just, it seems real, like a, a, a cool world to be in. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm intrigued. I'll buy it. We can all hunt together. Yeah. All right. I'm down. This sounds like fun. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, you're right though. I think it's it's good that those that these companies are putting this stuff up online for people to actually look at, especially if it's something like Beyond Good and Evil Two and Monster Hunter World. Like people were like, "Yeah, that was a good trailer," but like, I want to see it in action a little bit and just to yeah. get that little taste and go, "Okay, it is something that's happening. This things are happening. We can we can rest assured." The things are happening. Yeah, it wasn't just a CG trailer, or it wasn't just like a three-minute gameplay splice. Like there is, yeah. it can be played in long form. Not well, Beyond Good and Evil cannot be played in long form yet, but Monster Hunter can. And yeah. Beyond Good and Evil, there is stuff there. Like they are working on systems and fleshing it out, which is cool. Um, for very early like development, well, well, from what we know of anyway, but like for, for very early stuff to show, it looks gorgeous already. Yeah, like, how good did it look when it he was playing stunning. the uh, the real-time effects of, like, a, a meteorite crashing into a planet? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, that, oh. crazy shit like that. And just anytime we, like, alter the time of day and, like, when, like, the, the, the big ship opens its mouth and then, like, the little ship comes out. Yeah, Russian doll style. I was like, fuck, yeah, that's awesome. And the flying looks fun. Oh, the flying looks really Which No fun. Man's Sky doesn't have going for it. The flying in it is clunky no, and bad. no. It looks it looks it looks very maneuverable and do lots of cool tricks and stuff, including barrel rolls, which is important. Exactly, L- lots of barrel rolls, lots of flips. 
Um, I think he said that the, the ship that he was flying around was like a dogfighter class ship. So, um, I don't know. Does it mean there's going to be different classes of ships, obviously, and things as well? So It's exciting, and I'm really keen to see that game come out. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. All right. What have we got next, Karen? So the next one's interesting, and it's sort of like a story that popped up and then sort of resolved itself, but I still think it's worth talking about because of how it yeah. resolved. It's an interesting little saga. Yeah, so earlier this week, uh, Take-Two was just as like, no, you know what? We're done with these online cheats or mods for GTA Online. We are done with this. So yep. they decided to crack down on it. Yep. They they tackled a thing that was Open IV. I've never really modded GTA 5, so it's all sort of out there and I'm like, I don't quite know what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like, yeah, they basically tack, they went after mods, essentially. And there's a really good Jimquisition about it. Obviously, Jim Sterling was immediately on this. Uh, yeah, definitely up here's alley uh, of topics. But, yeah, so take two, that was their stance. They were like, cool, mods were shutting you down, donating like proceeds to charity, etc., etc. And now, Joel, like, less than a week later, Nah, it's, it's fine. Rockstar, Rockstar have issued a statement. Now we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. You can have open IV. So uh, it's fine. I'll read out Rockstar's statement, which is really it's really interesting. So, Rockstar Games believes in reasonable fan creativity, and in particular, wants creators to showcase their passion for our games. After discussions with Take Two. Take-Two has agreed that it generally will not take legal action against third-party projects involving Rockstar's PC games that are single-player, non-commercial, and respect the intellectual property rights of third parties. This does not apply to, one, multiplayer or online services, two, tools, files, libraries, or functions that could be used to impact multiplayer or online services, or three, use or importation of other IP, including other Rockstar IP, in the project. This is not a license and it does not cons- constitute endorsement, approval, or authorization of any third party project. So basically, mm. it sounds like Rockstar were like, hey, come on, guys. <laughs> like, seriously. like Just chill a like, bit. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't Rockstar say that? I mean, you've only got to look at how much content is coming out daily for, uh, for GTA Online. Like, there's so. So much user made content on that on that game already on especially yeah online. especially like the mods. The interesting thing is mm-hmm. like the biggest complaint I saw from when Take Two was actually taking down Open IV is that people were like, I mean that's great and all, but GTA Online is still ravaged by cheaters. Like you haven't oh, hasn't, hasn't stopped them. Like they're everywhere. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, and you're not going to stop them. Yeah. Like that's, that's as simple as that. You're not going to stop them. So it does sound like so they'll just... still be cracking down on like multiplayer things where possible but i don't know it doesn't seem to have made a difference at no, all no i don't think so either but you know but sing- let people have fun with the game yeah, with like, the single player like come on <laughs> yeah let, let people fuck around in an iron man suit why not that's what i so that's what i'm interested about because it does mention specifically but it doesn't it's uh where is it this does not apply to like the third point was the use or importation of other ip right so does that mean they'll still crack down on those sort of mods where you can play as iron man and spawn the Hulk and just fight, which well, if you've watched Funhouse videos, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely! That's what I was getting at. Um, <laughs> so good. It's that is so good. Like, I think maybe they're just putting that in there just to cover their ass, mm. so that's that true. Marvel couldn't come out and be like, "Oi, 
what about our intellectual property? It's like, well, we did say that, but then maybe maybe they'll just sort of quietly let things slide. Yeah, maybe. Um, and and then if so, if for some reason Disney or, or Marvel were like, hey, come on, that's that they're our characters. Could you not do that? That's when Rockstar will go, oh, come on, guys. We, we told you in this. We said no. This statement. We've released a statement. Yeah, we've already said no. You know. Yeah, like I said, like this This is a story that popped up and then resolved itself. I just found it so interesting how it happened. Like with Take 2 coming out going no and sending out like cease and desist mm-hmm. and going after mods. And then a week later, Rockstar's like yeah. sat down and gone, hey, guys, look, maybe don't be dicks. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's... I, I guess you know. I can only imagine that the the there was a bit of backlash probably from those communities. It sounds like it that make all this content like, and Rockstar obviously don't want to like have a negative impact coming from those communities, especially while we're on the lead up to Red Dead Redemption Two and whatever crazy online system they're going to implement on that. Well, especially at this point where we we don't know if Red Dead Two is we coming, to, coming PC. to PC. Yeah. Yeah, like can, we can only assume, especially after again looking at GTA Five and how well that's done on yeah, PC. But look at Red Dead One, though. Mm. Like GTA Four came to PC and did well, but and then Red Dead was like, no, nah, console only. Yeah, and then GTA maybe they'll do a Five was just like, no, I'm console then PC. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just do a Sega and then like one day they'll just release like <laughs> they'll be like, hey, it's out on Steam. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> Fucking what? I'm sorry, come again? Yeah, Bayonetta's out. Cool. Oh, awesome. We've updated it. There's some like little sneak peeks in there to do with a Vanquish remake. Now Vanquish is out. Oh, God. Uh, which is also out. What the fuck is going on, Sega? <laughs> Calm your farm. I mean, maybe. Like, um, I, I, I do think it'll come to PC. But I think, I think they have to. Especially, again, if they're going to do some sort of online, like they've done with GTA Online, which... I mean, obviously they're going to. Oh yeah, um, GTA Online did way too good for Rockstar. Like, oh god, it's they're still updating that with content, yeah. like it, it, and like consistently as well. And some of the stuff that's coming out for it's really cool. Like, I mean, but the bummer the, is, the, like, it is really cool, but it's sort of impossible if you're not buying shark cards. Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, whichever it, microtransactions it, it, for those who don't know what yeah. shark cards are. But there are some other things like the um, the micro machines esque like top down racer. That looked really janky. Race from mode. What I saw. It looked janky, but I mean, like at least they were trying to do something cool with it. There's a legit um, micro machines game. I was about coming to say that's like a that, month. <laughs> no, it's coming out like next week. Oh really? Holy crap! That game it's really fast. soon. Yeah, it's really soon. Uh, trust me, I've kept my eye. <laughs> on it. I'm gonna keep my eye on reviews. Of and course, if it's you good, have. I'm gonna get it. Because fuck yeah, micro machines. I remember I played playing a lot of the Super Nintendo. One. Yeah, me too. That's what I was gonna say. I played yeah. a lot of the Super Nintendo micro machines. It was a good game. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, well, look, sounds like mods are fine again. Just be careful with what you're modding. The question, yeah, exactly. will always remain: Will Rockstar slash Take Two slash anyone be able to really take down online cheaters? And the answer probably not really. Nope. I don't think so. It's 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 like all these companies that are trying to take down people who are like cracking DRM on their games. Oh, what's it's, yeah that really good DRM? Ah, uh, D- yeah, I can't think D- of it off the top of my head. Denovo is it Denovo? Something like that. Yeah, um, Denovo. I think you might be right. Yeah, which are, games are basically like they come out with that, and people eventually crack it, but it's taking 
I think it takes a while, but it's taking less and less time going forward now. De novo, De novo, yeah. yeah. You're close. That was good. Yeah, close. Um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I, I, I just I don't think you, where people people want to be griefers and people want to cheat, they will find a way. Oh yeah, people want to people want to illegally obtain copies of video games. They will find a way. Um, Unfortunately, not stop it. The best way to do it is to re- is to reward those who pay. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the best way to do it, you know. Which it seems to be what they're doing. They're releasing all this awesome content, but like you said, if you're buying these microtransaction shark cards, so yeah, like if you're spending your money, but like there are people out there who can hack into the, like the stuff online and just do what they want and like not yeah. pay. Like I'm not saying like don't make this sound like me saying you should buy the shark cards because obviously not like. I just don't think no, it's no, no, okay no. for people to be able to circumnavigate that because they're just breaking the game. No, of course not. Of course I not. do wish the activities were more accessible, Virgil, because I would love to go back to GTA Online, but I Me don't too. have I've thought about it. Yeah. enough money for a yacht or any of the fun stuff, so I just can't do it. Or, or the fucking sweet ramp car or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, like I just can't yeah. do it without buying things with real money, which I'm just not going to do. So unfortunately, I'm no, out no. on GTA Online now, but... Yeah, because we had some fucking super fun times oh, yeah. on GTA Online. It's fun. I remember apart from when it first launched, us like playing them, and like when we first did the heists as well. Oh my god, that was amazing! <laughs> that was so much fun. Except doing for those heists the, for the first really time. salty last heist we had. Oh, that's right. That wasn't cool. But Ooh, yeah, no, like but cool. yeah, GTA Online is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's a great game. They've done well, so I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with like a Red Dead version of that oh Joel we are all gonna be cowboys it's gonna be good yes yep squadding up get the posse together posse yep it's gonna be good it's gonna be all we're gonna be all cowboys <gasps> alright exciting can't wait what do we got next ah some naughty dog news uh in a recent interview with uh who was it with? Uh, the the creative director behind Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, uh, which is Sean S K. You did it, I believe. You're gonna go with that. It's E S C A Y G. So sorry if it was take that as you will. I'm sorry, Sean. Please keep making awesome games. Um, yeah, he he basically was asked about like you know the future of the Uncharted series and whether or not. Like, you know, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy will be the last we hear from the series in a while. And he basically said no um, in, in a, an, an answer that surprises not many people. To yeah, be honest, I mean, because... Uncharted makes such money, but of course it wasn't going to end. Absolutely. Like, it, I, I think the way that they described it, when, especially when Uncharted 4 was coming out, they were saying this is the end of Nathan's story. It's like, all right, yeah, cool. I can accept that. I know you're going to make more Uncharted games. The beauty of it is there are so many characters that we... And they're obviously proving it to us now. There are so many other characters in that universe that would be interesting to play as in a standalone game. So, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, like, Lost Lost Legacy is one of those games that, like, as a standalone expansion, sounded cool at the gate. But the more we see of it, it just looks like an Uncharted game. Like, 
Yep. Which is fine. Absolutely. That's amazing to me, but obviously Naughty Dog must have been like, uh, let's just let's do a little more. Let's go a little further. Like, doesn't the the disc copy come with the multiplayer as well? It does. It comes with the like the 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 online multiplayer and the um, survival mode as well, which basically makes it again, yeah, like an Uncharted game, which is yep, absolutely, which is really fun and cool. And that's really soon, Joel. That's like in August. It kind of makes me wish I'd bought the season pass for Uncharted Four because I feel like it might have worked out cheaper. Is this included in the season pass or? I feel like if because they said that. Because they announced at first they were going to do that, you you got a story piece, a story driven DLC piece with that. Okay, maybe so. Maybe I'm pretty listen. sure they said they were going to honor that. I'm not sure, but who knows? I can't remember honestly. It was a long time ago, but yeah, like it shouldn't really surprise anyone that they're like, yeah, no, we're probably going to keep going with other characters. Uh, what's interesting is he gets asked specifically about uh, fan favorite characters like Sully. Right. And he gets asked if they have any story ideas bubbling away for those characters. And he says, yeah, we did We did explore, I would say, almost every character in that world. And we do have spines and storylines to, to explore with them. But this is the one, like the Chloe and Nadine story, that we chose to settle on. To which the interviewer says, for now. And Sean's response is laughter for now. So <laughs> we could find ourselves playing a Sully again in the future, which would make me happy. I... Do you know what I'd like? It'd be like a throwback to when Sully was younger. So it's set in like, you know, like the early 90s or even like the 80s or 70s. That'd be fun. Like, I just like Sully That'd as a character. So. Oh, absolutely. Like, but still having that Sully character, but like in a different, having an Uncharted game in a completely different time zone, like a t- like time frame. Yeah, time period. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that would be very <laughs> cool. Like, I am curious to see where they take the Uncharted series now that we have left behind Nathan Drake. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I'm, I'd love Nathan Drake. I'd love him to death. I love Nolan North. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with the, the future of Uncharted. And I, I, I'm glad that they're already thinking about taking it to these sort of places. Like they're, they're obviously testing the waters here with the Lost Legacy and seeing what the reaction's going to be. And so far, I mean, the game's not out yet, but so far everyone's like, yeah, all right, I'm on board. Like that's actually that reminds me. This is another one of those games that had a behind closed doors demo put out. I'm pretty sure. Ah, like there's a there's a right. there was a live stream a couple of days ago they did of like the first like actual gameplay for Lost Legacy. That I will not watch because I'm I'm yeah. I'm already buying that I'm game, buying so game. I don't need to. It's an, it's, I don't need to watch it. It's in August. It's really close. Yep, it's going to be like what fifty bucks, sixty bucks. So yeah, it's going to be super cheap. Um. And it's going to be, I think they said it's going to be like roughly the length of Uncharted 1. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so like that's still good. That's like 12 chapters worth, it just, 13 chapters worth. It does just sound like they were like, hey, let's make a standalone expansion for Uncharted. And then went, oh, yeah, let's just make an Uncharted game. Screw it. Just Naughty Dog overexerting themselves just like they do. They're like, we're going to sit out and do this one simple thing. Actually, no, it's going to be about this whole thing now. It's going to be a giant... It's going to be a big deal now. <laughs> Insane. Um, but it looks so it just good. Escalates. It does look so good. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm super keen to, to hang out with Chloe and Nadine again. Yeah. Again, it, it's sort of in the same way. Not exactly the same, but sort of how I liked, I've enjoyed the interactions with Frieza and the Dragon Ball Z cast. It's going to be right. fun to see Chloe and Nadine, one of the baddies from Uncharted 4, interacting. Like, that's going to be fun. Yeah. 
even like from what we saw at E3, they definitely aren't friends. That's for sure. No, no. And that, that trailer was very interesting. Cause I was like, okay, I see what they're doing with the story. Now I can, I can, I'm getting a bit of a feel for what the conflict is going to be. Cause you've always got to have that overarching big threat in an uncharted game, but then you've got these other underlying sort of more scale back and personal conflicts as well that are going on. Yeah. Like, um, and it's, it's going to be hard to top after Uncharted 4, to be honest, but um, because th- that was just so well done and so great. The stuff with, uh, like, with, uh, with Drake and, and Elena was just perfect. Oh, that makes um, me... I still think about a lot of those scenes. So good. It's just... it. It's so good. Like, it's so good. And it. there are points in that game where it feels like it's all over and it's it's heartbreaking, especially when if you've played all those games and you've sort of gotten to know these characters over however many hours um yeah it is heartbreaking to try and to, to watch those scenes and try and go through them and those little those little back and forth bits of dialogue that oh oh good performances but, um, all around honestly mm-hmm, absolutely and looking forward to more of them yes with uh with lost legacy so i get it's one of those things i keep forgetting is coming out i'm like it's coming out soon and every now and then i'll think about it and i go Oh yeah, we've got a new Uncharted game to play this year. That's awesome. Yeah. It makes me excited. And it keeps getting closer and closer. Yep. Yeah, we're like it's like a month and a bit out. So six weeks away or something. Alright, Karen, I'm gonna let you take this one. This is this is your this is your <sighs> baby. Okay. It's it sucks. It's awesome, but it sucks. So still living the high life of double Metroid. Mm-hmm. If, yep. In case you missed it, like guys, we're getting two Metroid games, and it's beautiful. Yep. We're getting Metroid: Samus Returns this September for the Nintendo 3DS, and Metroid Prime Four is now in development for the Switch, which is exciting. Yay. And I will disown you if you don't agree with me. Yep, uh, you're probably you're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah, because I have waited so long, so long. <laughs> but unfortunately, there is a caveat: was there's a really big asterisk next to my Metroid: Samus Returns hype. Uh, as it turns out, if you live in Europe and apparently the UK, you have the ability to pre-order a freaking incredible Metroid Samus Returns Special Edition. It's very pretty. So, included in this Special Edition is uh, the game itself, obviously. A yep. steel case fashioned after the original Game Boy cartridge, which is, again, sweet. Uh, It comes with a download code for Metroid 2 Samus Returns from the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console. Mm -hmm. It comes with a little 3D printed Morph Ball keychain. Which I fucking love. Yep. I love that. It comes with the well-known S insignia pin, so like the Screw Attack logo, on like a little pin you can wear. It Mm -hmm. comes with a 40-page art book. And a 25-track soundtrack CD that spans the franchise's lifespan, basically. Like, it feels... This feels like what we should have gotten last year for the 30th anniversary. That's exactly what I was about to ask you, Kyron, and I, I, I agree. This feels like this feels like the, the anniversary edition that yeah. we should have gotten and last year. it's currently only coming to Europe and the UK. America gets the game with the soundtrack CD, which is cool. Australia yeah. gets the game. That's all. Yep. It hurts, Joel, because I'm going to have to import this damn thing and I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. (laughs) 
Can you get like a post box set up in like the UK or something? Maybe. <sighs> maybe. I mean, I've got friends in the UK. Maybe I can set up a way to PayPal them to get it for me and then ship it to me. And I guess I'll just ship buy it. a digital version on the day it comes out. Yep. Oh, That's one way of doing it. I I have to have this version. <laughs> oh, of course you do. And it, of course you do. It sucks that like at this point, yeah, Nintendo Australia, just not happening. Like at first, I was like, oh, maybe they're not talking about it just yet like the game just got announced they might be waiting a bit longer but we already know there's that pre-order for mario odyssey at eb games to get the mario like the cap the cappy yeah cappy of course and like the zelda special edition was announced pretty soon like like worldwide and this one's been quiet from nintendo australia so i'm getting the feeling and that we're not we're not gonna get it we're not even gonna get a special edition so much so even the amiibo which is sold in a bundle in europe i'm pretty sure are, yeah. are being sold separately over here. Yeah. Why does why does Nintendo Australia hate Metroid? That's not fair. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining that, too much. We are still getting two Metroid no, games. We're still getting we're still getting the game. I, but that does suck though. I think you know we're usually lumped in with like the UK and Europe. Um, yeah. With like game releases, especially. So, come on. Like <laughs> seriously, so like obviously the 3ds is region locked, but as you said, we do come under their region, so we could probably we can probably play their version because we're all pal. But yep, why can't all I pals. just go to EB Games and pre-order this ridiculously cool special edition? It hurts so much, Joel. And like you're not the only one. There are a lot of people out there that that I've seen like on Twitter when it got announced. It, like there was a lot of people that were just like, come on, fucking seriously, we don't get this. That's bullshit. Yeah, uh, there's a particular account, where is it? I'll just do a quick search. It started like a, sort of like a mini campaign to like try and bring it to oh, Nintendo's really? attention. <laughs> uh, it's at Metroid fans, which was a Metroid account that was made to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Right. Uh, with the hashtag, hashtag Metroid 30. So they've sort of started their own little campaign for the looks of it to try and bring it to Nintendo's attention that everyone wants this. Everyone will pay you money for this, Nintendo. Exactly. You will make money off this. This Metroid is, fans you know, stuff that are you like. Thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. You know. They want now to you, throw their money at you. You've presented an ice cold bottle of water in front of them and it held it just out of arm's reach. It truly is that moment from Ben Hur on The Simpsons. <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> you truly are the king of kings. <laughs> we want it, Joel. And they don't want to give it to us. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, if they were to turn around and just be like, if this game doesn't sell well, it's like, well, maybe if you've given us the option to fucking buy the special edition, we might have all bought it more. I'm probably going to pick this game up because, like, I want more Metroid, so, and I'm going to dust off my 3DS to play it, so, if you care about Metroid at all, and you're listening to this, fucking buy the game, regardless. Yes, definitely. Like, I have seen some people who have... Again, it's it's a really small percentage who are bitter about this game coming out and the correspondence with the cancellation of, you know, another Metroid 2 remake. Yep. Uh, like, look, this game wasn't f- cooked up yesterday. <laughs> no, no. This game is oh, coming I, out in a couple of months, so it's definitely been I, in development for a fair while. I honestly think it was just really bad, unfortunately bad timing for, for the, another Metroid 2 remake to come out when it did. Yeah, and... Not to say this is intentional, but Nintendo could have clamped down on that project any time, but yep. it got finished and it got released, and I don't know, I have a copy of it downloaded, so I can play it whenever I want, but yep. 
Like it's, I'm sure you can still find it out there. Like it's not like the hard work was for oh. nothing. People still talk about it. People know it exists, and it's still a really cool take on the second Metroid game. But it's really hard to go back to on Game Boy, honestly. Right. Okay. But this, I, again, it's a really small pocket who are like bitter about that. But yes, please, like if you want more Metroid games, get this. It looks really good. It looks like, like, Atonement from Mercury Steam, who didn't like their Castlevania games very much. No. But this looks like a damn good Metroid game. It does look very good, and that's why I'm like, all right, okay, I'll dust off my 3DS yes, for it. We might, we, like, if you want Metroid, you've got to vote with your wallet, and you've got to buy this. When we are getting Metroid yep. Prime 4, I doubt they're going to cancel it, but if this sells well, oh, Joel, think of what we could get special edition-wise for, a, like, a Metroid Prime 4... Oh, I don't. I, I the mind races like because oh boy, looking at that Zelda special edition and with, like the cappy thing for Mario, like it yep. seems like Nintendo starting to pick up on ridiculous physical things that mostly I will say no to, except when they're Nintendo flavored, and then I'll be a sucker. Absolutely. And get them. Yep. Hey, I'm contemplating getting that stupid fucking hat. <laughs> See, I, I'm okay because I've already got like a Mario cap from Club Nintendo. Uh, so do I. Oh, really? You got it? I have one. I, I, no, I think I got one from pre-ordering Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. Oh, is that like the actual Mario cap, is it? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. the one I got from Club Nintendo was like literally like the cappy hat without the eyes. Oh, okay. So that's why I think I'm okay, but I, I'm still tempted. It's, 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 fucking, it's, it's a hat with eyes, and I'm like, I don't need it, but I want it really badly. Really badly. I've scaled back on buying all this kind of shit. Like you said, like I, I, you know, the last big, like, collector edition that I bought was probably the Borderlands 2 one. I think for me it was probably Bloodborne. Ah, yeah. Yep. No, I think Borderlands 2, which was first, Uncharted 3 or Borderlands 2? Which was later. I don't remember, honestly. Uh, I think I want to say Borderlands 2 was later. Yeah, because Uncharted 3 was before Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us, so... Yeah, yeah. I would say that one was probably first. We're probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fact check this, everyone. You can comment comment in the comment section and we'll, we'll accept defeat. Tweet at options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us know. Call for our heads. We come with your torches and pitchforks. Anyway, um... <laughs> Buy Metroid Samus Returns. That's my message to you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. I don't know I'm how. I don't know how we can get this Nintendo's attention. Like, I'm. I want to. This Metroid account, like at again at Metroid fans, is there? Is there at? You can at them. Mm-hmm. I promise. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Let's just let's just retweet this and try to get Nintendo's attention because I want this special edition in Australia. I'm probably just going to re- import it. I'm, it's my only option at this point. But I want it here. I want it. At EB Games Australia, because they're the only place that would probably, you know, sell it, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I just want it, Joel. It's just, it's such a, it looks like a oh, I don't great blame love letter to Metroid 2. I don't blame you. I, yeah, you, you need to have that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just looking at the box art with, like, Samus's helmet and that steel yep. case fashioned after the Game Boy cart. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. It looks really good. Oh, boy. So yeah, that's anyway. that, that's that's heartbreaking news to end on. Unfortunately, if you're Australian, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit sucky. But 
luckily we have some pretty damn good questions to come come up next. So we're going to launch into those ones there. So starting off with friend of the show, Broderick Cortez, uh, co-host of the Hunting Seasons podcast, uh, which is a very, very good podcast you should go and listen to, where uh, Broderick and his friend Damask tackle TV shows uh, one season at a time. Um, and they talk about them in great detail, uh, uh, specifically about each season, um, not sort of as the show overall until they sort of finish watching the whole series. Uh, it's really interesting. They've been doing some really cool stuff lately. They've been doing uh, Orange is the New Black lately, I think is the most recent ones, and they've just put out their one for season one of American Gods, uh, the Neil Gaiman adaptation uh, aired on uh, Amazon Prime in Australia. So if you like their stuff, if you like that kind of thing, go and listen to them. They're really, really awesome. Lovely, lovely people, and they know their shit. Um, but Broderick asks us two questions this week. The first one is, what is the most notable title MIA from E3 this year? So we'll start with that one, I think. Um... You can't even say Metroid. I can't, honestly. It was there. It, like, it was there. That was, that was, that's like my default answer for this sort of stuff. It's like, <laughs> Metroid. But no, we're getting yeah. two, so screw it. It's not that. It's not Metroid. I I have one, but then I've forgotten it. I mean, it's a couple. A Borderlands. Borderlands, maybe. I mean, they said they weren't going to show it, but I mean. You still held out hope? M- Michelle and Sal said he wasn't going to show anything from Beyond Good and Evil 2, and look what fucking happened there. That's true. So... Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to come out as a developer and be like, "Yeah, we are going to show that," especially if it's something that's hotly anticipated. So, um, you can always hold out hope. Yeah, I mean, they did show that tech demo uh, like a month or two months ago. It's like GDC, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, when they were like, "This yeah. may or may not be powering Borderlands 3. Ha ha ha! Yeah, uh, we're hiring developers, we'll, we'll, so so go and talk for first. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll never tell. Little, yeah. little cute there, Pitchford, but all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My love for Randy Pitchford is just waning by the days. It's a shame because oh. I do like there is love in me for Borderlands one and two, but absolutely and pre sequel. I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, I like pre sequel, but that's not Gearbox really. That was Two K Australia, oh, yeah, and they true. were that's, beautiful that's people, true. and yeah. now they don't exist anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's not a bad answer. Like, I think deep down, many people had hoped Borderlands three would be there, especially after Battleborn fell flat on its face. Like immediately Ooh, yes. in, the, in like the wake of Overwatch, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like it, it's a bummer that it wasn't there. That's for sure. Um, oh, that was the other one I had. Um, Animal Crossing. It's new Animal Crossing for the Switch. Like, would like to have seen something. It's rough, but hey, Nintendo has so many franchises. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I Look, I don't blame them for not saying, but, like, you know, if I was to say what was, like, the most noticeable, that was one that was, like, everyone was, like, surely we're going to get an Animal Crossing for the Switch at E3 this year. Like, that makes sense. I think they'll save that much for, like, a, a similar situation to Fire Emblem. I think there'll be an Animal Crossing Direct sometime later mm-hmm. this year, which will be about yep. the mobile game, and we'll probably get a tease to a Switch title. I think that's how it'll go. If you remember, yep. we had the Fire Emblem Direct back in January or February. Yeah. Which was largely yeah, yeah. focused on Heroes, the mobile game. Then talked about, like, revealed Echoes as well, I'm pretty sure. And then I think they teased Fire Emblem Switch. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a similar, like, an entire thing for Animal Crossing. Yep. A couple of new Amiibo or something. And oh, then... God, there'll be an Amiibo for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep, you better believe it. 
Amiibo, uh, Amiibo Festival 2. Oh, cr- People would riot. <laughs> they would riot. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They would be, they would be calling for fucking, like, Miyamoto's head on a, <laughs> on a fucking pyre. Like, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. What about you, Karen? Is there anything... I mean, again, I, I'm getting double Metroid, so it feels a bit greedy to complain at this point. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick... And again, it was it was these are things that I never really thought were going to be there, based on what developers had said. That mm-hmm. I will always want to see more of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Always, that's what I thought you I thought always you were say. want to see what's happening there. But again, that could be decades off at this point, so who knows? Yep. Uh, and in that very same vein, Kingdom Hearts three was. At least with Kingdom Hearts three, we know we're going to be seeing something from that in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, we're seeing a new world. Yeah, and we got a tra- we did get a trailer during E three. Yeah, but that was not from E three though. <laughs> it wasn't from E three, but it was during E three. Yes, so that's true. But I would have liked to have seen like because of the the way of that trailer it was like Japanese and subbed and all that. And it's one of those rare situations where the sub doesn't feel right, and I think it's honestly purely because of the Disney characters. Yeah, that's true. Japanese Donald isn't bad. But I'm I'm just not conditioned for it, and it always yeah, like, it's, catches me off guard. Yeah, it's hard to do those characters that we've known literally for like my entire life. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and we you could hear just like a, one word from each of those characters in that accent. You're like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse, exactly. As Donald, it's Goofy. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it, that's always going to be a hard sell. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was if there's anything else. Oh, yeah. uh, this is this is more this isn't this isn't like a big AAA like this would have been incredible it would have blown my mind, but uh, yep. Hey, Capcom, where are <laughs> yep. you keeping Resident Evil Two Remake? Where is it? I want to see it with my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> One day, Karen. They, PSX. They said they've got some. They've got a an, like they've got a project coming soon. There's apparently mm-hmm. rumors they're working on an unannounced Resident Evil project. They've still got DLC for seven coming out. Yep. I just want to see I think, remake two. I think RE uh, 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 Resident Evil Two remake, PSX Shadow Drop. Shadow Drop. Shadow Drops weren't a thing at the CZ three, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, I I think that would be the perfect platform for it too, because everyone knows it's coming, and everyone knows that it's being developed in some way, shape, or form. So if they were to come out at PSX and go. Here it is in the trailer, and everyone goes, "Oh my god, it looks so good!" And they go, "And you can get it today," and everyone fucking loses their mind. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that. I mean, I don't want to be negative about this. Uh, it, it this is its nineteenth anniversary. Yeah, true. Next year is the twentieth, so I worry that they'd be like, "Oh, let's just put it out in twenty eighteen and be like, hey, happy twentieth anniversary, Resident Evil 2. Oh, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but I mean. But I want it. Just means you have to wait like a year later for it. Yeah. I mean, I would settle to see it. Like, I want to see it. It, it. Although, like, full disclosure, my hype is a little bit dampened by the the recent announcements about the cast yes. changing, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that sucks. Which apparently, from that's... what I've read, is not directly related to the strike. Apparently, this is something else. I did hear that. Yeah, there was something else related to that. Yeah, I did hear that as but well. But it does bum me out still. It still sucks. But yeah, um, most are probably the ones a... for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Broderick comes in with a second question. It's the one-two punch from him. It also has a, 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 an add-on part as well, which I'll add on for you. 
Ah, oh, okay, fantastic. So he asks uh, also with the Xbox One X, there will be three versions of the Xbox, uh, the X Bone, and two of the PS4 with different specs. Are you on board with the Appleization of consoles? Which was also added onto by Brendan, one of our mm-hmm. other Twitter followers, and also my wonderful yes. housemate. He appeared on the podcast exactly. a while ago now, I think. Yeah, we need to have him back. We do. He needs to come back. Yeah, uh, and he adds onto that with. And what does this mean for cross cross platform play, even with one, even within one ecosystem? Is a better frame rate or resolution a competitive advantage? Uh, That's interesting. It is because we yeah. we've seen. I mean, I don't know if this was directly what he had in mind, but Bungie have confirmed that all console versions of Destiny Two will be locked at thirty FPS. So even like yeah. the powerful consoles will not go beyond that, which is interesting. Yep. But I mean, I think that all relates back to what Brennan says. Yeah. Just then, like, about it being a competitive advantage. If someone else is running it, like, 60 frames per second and you're running on, like, Scrub Lords 30 frames, of course they're going to have the advantage because they're going to be, like, everything's going to be moving a lot faster for them. So Yeah, a lot smoother, and that will obviously mm. make for a smoother experience. Exactly. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more stuff with, like, what... Like, because Bungie stuff obviously isn't cross-platform play, but limiting... Like, for example, like, so PS4 people and PS4 Pro people will both experience the same Destiny version, which... Right. I wouldn't be surprised if we see stuff like that happen with cross-platform platform play, if developers yep. just sort of limit the frame rate for the sake of keeping things fair. Yep. And I think that's what like, that's what they're going to have to do, like, really. Yeah. Until, until, until like, the majority of the, of, the, uh, of the install base is going to be adopting the more powerful option... They're going to have to still cater for that. It's why we got so many fucking PS3, PS4 cross-platform games. Like it's also Destiny, like Wolfenstein, like Evil Within, like, you know. Middle Earth, Shadow of Mortal. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's it's honestly another reason why I feel like this generation of consoles only started like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. We're only just getting to that point now where we're shaking off the shackles of those last consoles. And we're starting to spread its wings now. And then we're already moving into another generation of consoles, essentially. Well, yeah. Well, like, a, like a mid-generation of consoles. So that sort of goes to Broad's question about the, the Appleization of consoles. Yeah. Um, I'm not super crazy about it, personally. No, and I'm not either. And I, I am someone who gets a new iPhone every two years on my contract. But iPhones are but useful. IPhones are useful, and the other thing is, I'm on a contract for that exactly. where I pay them off over 24 months, part of my bill. I'm not dropping a thousand dollars on, or you know, eleven hundred dollars on an, a brand new iPhone, uh, which some people do, which is fine. Yeah, um, I just don't do that. I'd rather just pay it off. But it's like, why would I pay it for it in one lump sum when I can just have a like a eighty, ninety dollar phone bill that encompasses everything? So I guess um, I would frame this yeah. question to you. To I would frame this question to you, Joel. Which, if you had to pick between these two different, like basically these two different methods, like we've got the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Where the Pro honestly isn't that big of a difference and mostly exists to enable 4K and all that stuff. HDR, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Xbox One X is more powerful than that, I guess. And could potentially open yeah. the door for more. Yeah, I just look. I think it comes back to the fact that you know, I don't think developers are going to develop. I, I'm pretty sure your housemate Brennan said this as well. Like, 
developers aren't going to develop two completely different versions of of the same game. One that runs better on Scorpio and one that runs on the Xbox One. Oh yeah, Scorpio. no Xbox X One X or whatever. Um, so it's like, well, what's the point? Like, sure, for starters, I don't have a four K TV. If I had a four K TV, it'd be a different story. I would potentially consider getting probably a Pro because I mean we're all playing on PlayStation. Exactly. So that's I'm already in that like that ecosystem. That's what I'm in on. Um, and I have no real need. Even after that E3 conference, I, I'm interested in getting an Xbox. But if I did, I, I'd probably just get, at the most, an S. But here's here's the kicker. So, the Pro isn't obviously as big of a jump as the Xbox One X. Again, as we said, it only really enables 4K, HDR, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The Xbox One X, again, as, as we also said, offers a bit more... But at the price tag it's sitting at, which is about six twenty five or something Australian dollars, uh-huh. why not just shell out, honestly, like an extra three hundred and get a decent PC? Yeah, because all the beginnings of a decent PC, yeah. at least anyway. Yeah, because yeah. Microsoft's big thing is their Play Anywhere, where most of it, I think, all of their games will be on PC as well as Xbox. Yeah, it just leaves absolutely. me wondering where the Xbox One X is going to sit. Yeah, and like to be fair, like what games do we see at at Microsoft's conference that really look like they're going to capitalize on the on the the power of the X? I mean, the 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 big third party confirmed one is Shadow of War. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed Origins as well. Oh, yeah, Origins as well. And there are there are games that are getting patches similar to how we got a bunch of PS4 Pro patches. Exactly. Yep. But again, it's it's tough for Microsoft because they're basically asking developers to make stuff that runs better on their platform when the PS4 is the market leader. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think this appleization of the con works for consoles because yeah, I think like, like you said, like $625, if 2d is down the track, they're going to release another one. That's slightly better again. It's like, well, fuck, I just bought this one, at least with a phone. It's like, all right, I've used it. You, you're using that every day. Like and you're using that consistently every day, and you're taking it with you everywhere. It's worth noting so, to this question that uh, a news story popped up in my Twitter feed tonight, actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from Push Square, where Sean Layden officially name dropped the PS5 for the first time. Really? Now, it's not saying it's coming soon. He did say it was probably some time away, but he's, it's mostly just because he was asked what he thinks about, like, again, similar to this, the appleization of consoles and all that. And Layden is adamant that they will be doing a PlayStation 5, by the sounds of it. Like, they will be doing a next-generation console. Right. So, again, could be a ways off, but that seems to be him putting his foot down, going, no, the, like, the PS4 Pro is, like, a step up, but there will be a new generation this is very similar in the way that Nintendo kicked things off talking about the NX before we knew it as the Switch, though, wasn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. The NX was... They announced they were working like, on a, a thing called the NX. The NX, everyone was like, wait, what? Hang on. Go back there. And they're like, nah, we're not going to say anything else. It was, a, it was a tease. Yeah. But I... I think it's a bit different for the NX because we were like, what the heck are Nintendo going to cook up? That's true. Whereas yeah. we can we can sort of guess what the PS5 will be. It'll be a little 
and it'll be a box, probably be a bit smaller than the PS4. I think there'll be some sort of way to do portability on it. Yeah, I think, actually, I that's think true. Nintendo's shown that that feature is wanted. Yeah, and that, that yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think yeah, the, the, it's going to be interesting with this next generation of consoles to see how if if Sony and Microsoft do t- uh, take that on board. Yeah. But like, yeah, so I, I thought it was worth bringing that up that so, Sean Layden has name dropped for PS5. Probably a, a long ways off, but he has, he has mentioned PS5 as a thing. Those those three little letters and numbers put together in that order. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, but, I'm not crazy about the Appleization right now, so I hope, I hope that we don't go down that road. I hope we don't either. I honestly, it's like, I mean, it's, it's so confusing with the, the Xbox family. Like, <sighs> ugh. I just don't... I don't uh, anyway. But thank you, Broderick, and thank you, Brendan, for your questions and, and, uh, and comments on that, uh, that topic. Both those topics in general. Next up, we have Ashley Noakes. Noaksy, who goes by, I think, Ninja Noaksy on Twitch. He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff over there on, on Twitch. If you're interested in checking out his stuff, go and check him out. He's a great person. Uh, when he was starting out doing Let's Plays and things like that, I set in on a couple of his Let's Plays, and it was really fun. He's a good person and uh, a very, very genuinely lovely person. So go and show him some love. But he asks us, your thoughts on Twitch getting exclusive Blizzard tournament streaming rights? So basically, Twitch is uh, the only place now you can watch Blizzard tournaments. Interesting. Yeah, which is kind of, I guess, I don't know. It's kind of like... If you think of it in the same way of like uh, like big sports signing to different TV stations, so it's like Channel Seven and Fox have the AFL and and that kind of thing, but it's just with video games. It's like that's the only place you can watch them. And I think people were probably already watching them majoritively on Twitch anyway, because it seems to be like the the premium service to watch that. Yeah, Twitch seems like the go to for streaming. Yeah, so the, the tournaments, the 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 deal that they've uh, they've cooked up currently covers are the heroes of the storm global championship uh starcraft 2 world championship series hearthstone championship tour hearthstone global games world of warcraft arena championship the overwatch apex league and the overwatch premier series so uh Um, joel what's the little what's the little piece of news that popped up here this week though which which one do you mean i mean the overwatch one Mm, yes so Basically, if you have a, uh, like, uh, if you use your Twitch Prime's, like, membership um, and you subscribe to, to Blizzard using Twitch Prime, uh, you get uh, a free o- golden Overwatch loot box. So the Overwatch, the, the golden loot box was something that it, I, I'm pretty sure had been data mined a little bit ago. And mm-hmm. people were really curious about what the heck it was. And now we know what it is. Yep. And it's it's basically yeah it's it's a golden loot box that is has a guaranteed legendary in it. Hmm. Can't wait to get like a legendary Genji skin. <laughs> and then uh, it's also worth mentioning like uh, there's also five loot boxes for August and then five for October as well. Oh, okay, cool. So it sounds like they're going to yep. be pushing the river loot box thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is though, if you if you've already signed up for, I know. 
a lot of places are reinforcing this. Like, I kind of funny always say this about um, if you have an Amazon Prime account, like if you're living in somewhere that you can take advantage of Amazon Prime, um, you you basically get like a free Twitch Prime subscription every month that you can subscribe to anyone you want. So I mean, yeah. if you subscribe to Blizzard, that's and if you've already if you're already using like Amazon Prime, like you know you've got, you've got that free subscription to throw there, so you might as well do it. Yeah, and um, get some sweet loot. Yeah, like, I mean, as a thing, I don't really have any problems with this. Like as you said, it sort of is like how sports sign with networks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, generally, I, I watch it... streams on Twitch if anything, anyway. So this doesn't really affect me in the long run. And cool, it's it's cool so that 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 Blizzard can obviously just focus on, um, I don't know, making sure the experience on Twitch is the best possible one instead of spreading themselves thin over a whole bunch of different platforms. Yeah, it, it'll probably make for some good interact, um, yeah, overlays and just yeah, integration with Twitch itself should be a lot more a lot smoother for their tournaments and how they run. Yeah, and you in terms of like getting like viewer numbers and stuff as well. You've got again the one platform that you just look at and go, all right, a hundred bajillion people are watching the Overwatch Championships right now. So, you know, that's always good data to have to sort of show. Look how popular our games are. Yeah, uh, I mean, Twitch is want to watch our games. Twitch is certainly trying to put its foot down as going. No, we are we are the streaming service basically. Mm, absolutely, and I mean, it's I, I've only just started really using it. I don't use it all that much. I want to use it more and look at it and watch people, but you know, just it's um, like I, I don't I don't know where to start. Unfortunately, the way our time zones work out, we usually miss most of them. Exactly, most of the people we want to watch. But um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of really great Australian streamers out there as well that are doing some really cool stuff. Um, um, Pez from the uh, AGP and the Australian. Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Um, he runs his podcast through Twitch, so I have seen he that, streams. At, he streams it live on Wednesday nights, and then puts up, like, edits down the um, the footage and audio from that, and puts it out on like you know the RSS feeds and and on YouTube as well. I think. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's cool. There are a lot of people out there, that, and he predominantly has on like other Twitch streamers. I was going to uh, say, among other things it, as well, it's been very cool to see Twitch sort of expand into Australia, like. Uh, yeah, I remember absolutely. that booth at PAX last year was very rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the year before it was massive as yeah. well. Like it, 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 they're, they're, and they're, they're bringing out people from America as well, like like you know very popular Twitch streamers, which is great. And they're doing like their regular um, sort of meetups as well, which is cool. Mm, yeah, yeah, so I, and in different all the state ones. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So I honestly have no problem with this because Twitch are cool. <laughs> I think it's yeah, I think it's I like a great Twitch. idea. I think, I think it's good. I, I like Twitch and I like Blizzard. So fuck yeah. Big thumbs up for me. Cool. So thank you, Noxy, for your question. It's very lovely of you. I'm um, sorry. My voice is starting to go hardcore now. I will take over mm. for you, Joel. <laughs> oh, thank you. No problem. So next up, we've got our good friend, Sean, who, if you have seen us anywhere, he designed basically a lot of our logo stuff, which is cool. He also drew a lovely picture of us on uh, Instagram for what? Oh, what's his account. I keep forgetting. Shawnee Draws. Shawnee Boy Draws. Yeah, Shawnee Boy Draws. Uh, so go give him a follow. He basically does a new drawing every day. There was a particular... There's a one I, I really felt in my heart and soul tonight. Uh, based, like, just inspired by his desire for ramen, but not yep. living near a ramen shop. I felt that pain. Yeah. It it I, it was close to home. 
I don't because I had I had a beef bowl yesterday. Yeah, well, I don't care. Joel, the day before, okay. yeah, because you, like, you had an Australian beef ramen, bowl. There's a there's a ramen shop like outside my work, so I had it before I went to. I work. hope you enjoyed your Australian beef bowl. It was still very good, pain, <laughs> and you you like those Australian beef bowls as much as I do. I, do. So. Well, I hate you. <laughs> Uh, Sean has asked a question which is basically here so Joel can basically make enemies I guess he hey, I'm good at that I'm good at that like you know first Mass Effect then now this it's fine Sean asks us what gaming mascot just needs to die already Crash fucking Bandicoot wow like you didn't even didn't try to soften a blow or anything no fuck it what a Crash honestly nothing it's more so like everyone's like going fucking ape shit for it and that's fine everyone can like it it's fine but those games are very good and i don't think you heard it here first Just... folks joel doesn't think that some of naughty dog's first games are very good i i don't i don't i love naughty dog as a company and a developer now i fucking adore them crash bandicoot is not one that i'll enjoy if you if if you if you're friends with me on Facebook, I did put up a status the other day saying hot take Crash Bandicoot isn't very good. Um, yeah, I it just everyone's going oh Crash Bandicoot's so good. It's like it, it you're only excited about these things because of your nostalgia for them, and I I get it. Joel, I totally get oh, it. Joel, you are. I am I am fucking notorious for like buying things and just going, I love this as a kid, I'm going to love it now. They just announced that they're doing a new Rocco's Modern Life movie. Of course I'm going to fucking watch that. It was one of my favourite shows as a kid. Watching that again now, that show is very weird and very inappropriate. But, like, I don't know. I, I think, ev- yeah, everyone gets wrapped up in this whole nostalgia thing. So, I know, Crash, Crash has had his day in the in the, the spotlight. I think... The Insane Trilogy can come out. I think everyone's going to play it and go, yeah, okay, and move on. I think that'll be the last we hear of Crash. Maybe. Get right off into the sunset on ease. I mean, the DLC... Aku Aku. There's supposedly DLC on the way for that game. Oh, my God. I don't get what Crash did to you. Here's the thing. I'm not crazy about Crash Bandicoot either. I don't care for for those games. Yeah. I don't want him to die, though. I don't... I don't... I don't... Look, okay... I don't. Nah, no, fuck it. He, 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 he's on. He's on the out. Yeah, get him out of there. We got Mario. He's he's way better. And I, I I'll, I'll have you thank. I'll have you. I'll, I'll have you know that I, I didn't say Sonic, and that's usually my go-to for this question. But Sonic has some good stuff on the horizon. Some good new stuff. Crash might if Insane does well. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> It's not going to happen. I, I have. I honestly don't have an answer to this who question. Would, who would make? Who would make a new Crash Bandicoot game though? Because it's not going to be Naughty Dog. Well, who's making? What? Who's doing the Insane trilogy? Oh, I can't remember who's doing it because it, it is care. worth noting that the Insane trilogy is apparently done without the original source code. Yeah. Okay. That's impressive. I did. I did see that. I was like, okay, fair, fair news. So you know what? If if that game comes out and does well, but, it's going to. It's going to do well. Who developed it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, it's being developed by Vicarious Visions. There you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Activision could do more Crash games if this does well. Oh, God. Don't. Uh, I have no anyway. answer. Honestly, the only gaming mascot I don't really care about is already 
well, he's not really dead, but he may as well be, and that's Spyro Dragon, because I just don't care. <laughs> I care about Spyro yeah. Dragon, honestly. I played those games on the PS1, and they were kind of neat, but eh. Yeah, well, there's another one that's already dead as well, pretty much, and that's Sackboy, but I kind of like Sackboy. I, yeah, Sackboy, because I, I hated the Little Big Planet's platforming, so yeah, I don't like, miss The him. games weren't great, but as a character, I like Sackboy. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot just, just fucking annoys me. It's funny, there's been a lot of mascots that have died really when you think about yep. it uh, i think we're on the way out of mascots like each of the 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 big three have their own like unofficial well, except for nintendo which is very very much of their official mascot but like yeah um but like microsoft and Sony have like their unofficial mascots if you were to look at them master the chief moment, is especially. pretty much microsoft's mascot oh yeah and then you've got like nathan drake and to a lesser extent but also coming back now kratos so. i would say with kratos coming back nathan drake is going to take a back seat yeah absolutely well he's had his time in the spotlight since you know the last game that was released for god of war was ascension which <sighs> apparently was not very good <sighs> um i never played it so i was like ah, i'll move on but yeah so there, yeah. there you have it sean joel wants to kill crash yep i feel he like that question only really exists so that joel can voice yeah, thank his you. desire thank you for to kill crash thank you for letting me uh vent that one out <laughs> uh lastly our good, last question comes from emily yeah emily so she asks us joel new life is strange episodes are you keen to play expectations well let's still got to play the rest of the first series so um <laughs> you should probably get on that uh, yep um i might actually go back to it this week but yeah i mean i'm i was yeah i I remember when I saw the trailer, I was excited. I was ready for more Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. And then the announcement came out about Ashley Birch not returning to voice Chloe. Yes. And it's it's really hard to not be put off by that, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's her. That's her character. That's... Chloe is... Ashley, Ashley Birch is Chloe. She just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing with Ashley Birch is, like, the characters that she plays are so well-known and so very much her like even Aloy in in Horizon I like I can't imagine anyone else being Aloy because she's so distinct and and she does her job very well I I I enjoy Ashley Birch's voice acting even Tiny Tina in Borderlands I fucking love Tiny Tina she's great but um yeah so it'll be very it's hard because if they go one way and try and make get someone who sounds very similar that seems real shitty but then also if they change it too much it's going to be really jarring to go from one to the other yeah and the other thing for me that really sticks to my mind and it's i am interested in this game i'll be like these these, i think it's three episodes isn't it yeah i think so yeah i'm interested it's a a prequel isn't it yeah so that's the thing it's a prequel and i i don't know where they can i mean i'm sure they've got something crazy up their sleeves Oh god! Yeah. It'll sort of probably explain why we'll get a Life is Strange two in the future. Yeah, but well, I I, I think Dot Nod are Dot Nod are working on it, aren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like this is from someone yeah. else. While Dot Nod finishes up Vamp Vampire 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 Vamp- yeah the Vampire yeah. game, and then I suppose we'll move on to Life is Strange two. That so this story is about Chloe. And I don't know, like, I'm sure I've got something up their sleeves, but as from like, I, I look at it and I go, I know where this ends. Like, I know where Chloe's story goes. 
I don't see her having like a weird time rewind mechanic or anything. Yeah. I hear it's much more about the conversation stuff, like being, like choosing how Chloe talks to people. From what I can tell is okay. what they're saying. That makes sense. Cause, but even then, like, that still needs to be shoot, like funneled into a, uh, a shoehorned end because you obviously know that when Life is Strange starts, she's a certain character for that reason. And we know certain at things that point about in time. Rachel Amber and all that sort of stuff. Right. So, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, it's on the radar, but like, yeah, circumstances are pretty shitty in terms of... I'm bummed about the Birch thing, really. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, if it was any other voice actor, not any other voice actor, but it was majority of other voice actors, I probably wouldn't be as upset. I'd still be, like, I'd still consider it. It'd be, I'd take it into consideration. But Ashley Birch is such a lovely person and a genuine person when it comes to this sort of stuff as well. So, Well, you said she's still involved in the project, isn't she? I think she's at, she's at least, like, a writing consultant on it, I want to say. Um or like a character consultant at the very least. Which is but cool. She might even be, yeah, so she's still involved, but just not in the role that makes her go against what she's trying to fight for. So, you know, props to her for that. Just yeah. sticking to her guns. Like, it, it's, like she has described it as it was a hard choice. It was hard to say no. I can't even imagine how hard that would have been. Yeah. Especially, like, I mean, I'm only two episodes into Life is Strange, but there's already, like, you can tell that there's... Even with the dialogue from Life is Strange, which can be a little bit on the nose sometimes, a little bit cringy. Um, but, especially with the technical problems it has as well sometimes. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I think I think her performance in it negates most of that. You don't really care because I'm just like, yep, I believe everything that you say. I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to everything you say and I'm, I'm reacting emotionally to everything that you say. The game has heart. The way that you... Exactly. Oh, yeah. So, like I, said, I am curious about the new episodes, but yeah, the Ashley Birch thing is a bummer for me. Yeah, it is a shame. Fucking sort out this writer strike, this um, voice actor strike, yes, guys. Yes, please do. There's an obvious, obvious solution for this. There is. It's not that simple. It's not that hard, sorry. And you, you may not like the, the ripple effects when developers realize that they could probably get a better deal as well, but unfortunately, I think we're going to get there eventually. So just maybe Absolutely. just do it. Just do it, guys. Just yeah, bite the bullet now and then start making preparations to deal with the developers eventually. Yeah, because like if you want to do it that way, un- like in a game like this, where the game is l- just literally character and story driven, something as big as that is hard to look past. Unfortunately, exactly. Yeah, you know, f- over five episodes worth. Like that's what like. 16 hours worth of game? Yeah, I think like two or three hours long most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And then this will be another three episodes, which I presume will be the same length. And yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not, not cool. The game is interesting, but I just can't get there for it at the moment. Yeah. I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'll wait and see how I feel at the end of the series as well. Yeah, that's true as well. Like Depending on what happens at the end of your series, it may change how you see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, Emily, thank you very much yes. for your question. It was very, very good. Good to hear from you. Uh, I think that's an episode, though. Yeah, that sort of brings us to the end. Yeah, my voice has slowly held out for it. Your voice is a trooper. Oh, it's getting there. In this audio-only podcast. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm, it's going to shrivel up and die as soon as I turn the microphone off. But Oh, boy. As long as it holds out for like another three minutes tops. 
that's fine. I can do that. That's good. All good. <laughs> uh okay guys well thank you for reaching the end of this episode we obviously appreciate you just you spending your time listening to us talk about video games because we love them they're great we do yeah uh obviously we were as we said at the start of the show this is e3 hangover so but also in the midst of all the e3 stuff we we also did have our one year anniversary as we well. did we turned one we, I don't know if we mentioned on last week's episode or not. I think we were too busy just jam-packing E3 into it, honestly. Uh, yeah, we we, ju- we launched straight into it. We had no time for any other bullshit. So, yeah. we and it still we turned one, a bit so. <laughs> Oh, yes. E3 is um, a beast. Oh, yeah. But, like, thank you. To, if, you, if you've been here since day one, like, we thank you so much. Um, if you're relatively new, we also thank you. Um, if you keep spreading the love and, you know, sharing this podcast around with people and doing all the, all, all the fun stuff that you can do to help us out. We very much appreciate it because, like Karen said, we love doing this. It's a lot of fun. I love video so, games, man. Sometimes I, yeah. just, I just think about video games, and they're just the best. Yeah, even if even if I'm ragging on them, like poor Mass Effect and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, but then there's stuff you love, like Persona and Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, oh, it's so good. I love this medium. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to follow us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook where you can like our page dialogue options. You can find us on Twitter at dialogue options, or you can send us a little email to dialogue options at gmail.com. And as always, if you do listen to us on iTunes, we do appreciate a cheeky little, uh, little review. It helps. Yeah. Drop us some stars on stars, there. Yeah, stars, yeah. Don't yep. Yep. Good. See, I know, I know iTunes. I know iOS. Yeah, you got it. I got, got, it. I got I think, Apple. I think Google Play has the same sort of thing as well. Whatever podcast service that you use, yeah, I use um, some sort of rating system. So I use a, I use one baked into my to my Sony Media Player. So ah, okay. I don't yeah. think I can review, but like, hey, if you find a way to review, hey, just do it. It's fun. Reviews are fun. If if just start up an iTunes account, go and leave us a review, and then that's it. <laughs> it's fine. That'll, that'll do. Uh, as for our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter at LemonManX, where honestly I've just been tweeting about Double Metroids most of this week. Uh, <laughs> yep. I've been, I'm recapping Game of Thrones in the lead up to next month's season seven, which yes. is fine because I'm in season three. Everything's okay. Marjorie Tyrell is very much alive, and I'm very much happy. <laughs> but every episode brings us closer to that harrowing finale. Yep. Uh, and where can they find you, Joel? You can find me at Jolly Mac, uh, where I've been retweeting a whole bunch of random shit. But my favorite one that I'm going to pick this week is by someone called Dan Golding. And he just writes, Donald Glover returns in full Lando costume to the Han Solo set. It's on fire. People are screaming. Inexplicably, (laughs) he is holding a pizza, which is a great reference to community. And I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant tweet there. That's brilliant. Uh, that's a that's also a really good, sad. That's a good tweet. It was a good tweet. I was like, I was very happy with that one. I'm like, gonna retweet that. It was fucking great. Um, yeah, that whole thing is a fucking clusterfuck. It's a bummer. Really. It's a bummer. Yeah, Ron Howard, man. Yay. I got nothing against Ron Howard. I just don't know if he's the right pick for a Han Solo movie. But hey, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get see. a really cool Arrested Development style Star Wars movie. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus! If they were gonna let. Like, if they weren't going to let Phil Lord and Chris Miller direct the way that they direct, I hardly... But <laughs> hey, who knows? Who knows? It's Ron Howard, man. Fucking wild card. Maybe we'll call a Fonzie in. Oh. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, all right, guys, but we've clearly gone a little bit wacky now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll let this episode end here, and we'll catch you next week. Stay out. Bye. <laughs>